0: thank you for listening to the Fred Lowry podcast. We hope this message will inspire and encourage you. Don't forget to connect with Dr. Fred by visiting fredlowry.com and also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Are the winds of adversity blowing against your life in one way or another? Have you had some kind of turbulence recently that you feel Insecure, threatened, caught you off guard? I'm preaching today on handling live storms and of course I don't get to talk to everybody between the services, but I had at least 25 people say to me I desperately needed that sermon this morning. That tells me how many storms are out there. How many of us face difficulty, some on a day-to-day basis, Some are going through difficult times right now in your your life and you just need a positive word from the Lord. And that's what I want to give you this morning. You you feel like, like you need Jesus to walk on water in your life and calm the troubled waters. Does Jesus walk on water today? Well, I think we could probably check out Houston, Texas. I think that'd be a good place for Jesus to be walking on the water. And I have a feeling that that's exactly what he's doing to those who would invite him into their problems. What a tragedy that happened in Houston. The lives lost, the thousands are homeless. And then I was just walking through the room and, and heard the river is on fire. The river's on fire, it looks like hell. Now that, that caught my attention. I just stopped and, and watched that news release and, and to see that river literally on fire. I wanna make three observations about the storm this past week that blew through Houston and through here. The first observation is that America has had more natural disasters in the last few years than in my lifetime. The second observation is that America would be naive and foolish to ignore what is happening and to assume that the events that are happening have nothing to do with God and there's no warning or words from God in it. Forrest Gump knows better than that. Third observation. Knowing Jesus as we do, we can be assured that in the midst of national tragedies, of natural disasters, Jesus is walking on the water bringing calmness and direction to those who invite him into their situation. John chapter 6 is where we are as we preach through the book of John. John chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. John chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. Now what we have is simply an historical occasion. We have disciples, real disciples. We have a real boat. It's real dark. And we have a real storm. Not some fable, not something that's made up. We're talking about a historical situation. Verse 19, when they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were terrified. Now we're dealing with fear. And every one of us has dealt with fear in one way or another in life. We all have fears. Some of our fears are private fears. But we all battle fear. And these disciples were battling fear. It was dark, and there's something about the darkness. If you have fear at all, it will show itself in the dark hours. They were three miles out. They were uh, rowing against the wind, against the storm and and getting nowhere. The winds were blowing, the waves rocking that boat and no doubt it was going from side to side and they were afraid. But then it gets worse. It's bad enough to be out there at sea in a storm. In the night it's dark, they cannot see and the clouds would block the moon and the stars. So it's pitch dark, pitch black out there and, and they are afraid because the boat is leaning on its side from one side to the other, pushed around by the waves and they are fearing for their lives. That is a difficult enough situation. But now in the midst of that, no doubt they're praying to God in the midst of that storm. In the midst of that storm, they see a figure, a person walking on the water. And then the Bible says they were terrified. Don't look so spiritual, you would have been also. I mean, can you imagine, if you're in that kind of situation, the last thing you want to see is a ghost. The last thing you expect to see is somebody walking on the water. And so when they saw that person, the Bible says they were terrified. It's like the five-year-old that... uh, you know, woke up in the night and his parents came to his room and they were settling him back down and said, "Don't, you don't have anything to worry about. God is in this very room and he'll take care of it. And they went out and closed the door and the, the kid said, God, if you're in here, don't make a sound. You'll scare me to death. <laughs> well, you've been in those kind of situations and that's what they were faced here. By the way, let me say a word about Jesus walking on water. Jesus Christ walked on water as easily as he walked on the ground. It was as firm as the pavement around the temple underneath his feet. No problem in Jesus walking on water. John 1 tells us that all things were made by him. It's not anything that's ever been made that that was not made by him. So he made everything. He made the Nile River. He made the Mississippi River. He made the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean. He made all that. He made the world. And so there's no problem with Jesus walking on the water because because he is Lord of the water and he is Lord of the waves. Verse 20. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. In your darkness, God speaks to you. In your storm, God is talking to you. And so God speaks. And he said, it is I, don't be afraid. Literally, he said, it is I am. One of my favorite names for God is, that God is the name God gives himself in the Old Testament. He says, my name is I am. Whatever you need, he says, that's what I am. You need calmness now with, with your fears, I am calmness. You need protection, I am protection. Whatever you need, he says, that's what I am. So he says, Stop being afraid. It is I am. Whatever you need, I am the one to meet that need. You see, it doesn't really matter what kind of storm you're facing. It doesn't really matter how severe the storm is you're facing. What matters is how your storm relates to the sovereign Savior and whether or not you have invited Jesus into your storm. What kind of storm are you facing? Is it a physical storm, some disease, some perhaps incurable disease that the doctors have diagnosed? What a devastating blow. Is it a marital storm? I don't know anything that drags us down any more quickly than problems within our marriage, when the fabric of our marriage begins to unravel. Is it a financial storm? What incredible pressure financial pressure is. When you can't pay your bills, Is it some kind of an emotional storm? Is it a relational storm? Is it an employment storm, the loss of a job? The insecurity of not knowing where the income is going to come? What kind of storm? Verse 21. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. You see they invited Jesus into their storm. That's the key. That's what I want you to get out of this message this morning. That you need to invite Jesus into your personal storm. Jesus had watched and he had waited. He watched them as they rode and they rode against that that violent wind. And they were going nowhere. And if you've ever tried to row a boat, I mean, it, it's, that is hard work. And imagine rowing against a violent storm. But they kept trying to do it. And he watched and waited. And the more they rowed, the worse it got. The harder they tried, the worse it got. And that usually is true in our lives. Now I want you to listen carefully. One of the reasons that Jesus does not walk into our storms is because we continue to try to do it on our own. We try to work it out. We try to think it out. We try to talk it out. Maybe even to pray it out. But yet we have not turned it over to Jesus and invited him into the storm to see what he wants to do with that storm. And so Jesus waits for us to exhaust ourselves. He waits for us to to do everything we can do until we become desperate and we've used all our resources and it's the situation now, it's hopeless and we turn to God. That's when God walks into our storm. And when Jesus Christ walked into this storm, immediately the wind subsided. And then the, the verse says, immediately they were on the other shore. Now, there's several ways we could interpret that. One is that it was an absolute miracle. If Jesus could walk on the water, he has no trouble getting a boat to the other side. So it could have been that that with a word, they landed on the other side. Or it could have been that that, you know going against the wind and in that storm, they, they, they couldn't make any time. They were going in circles. But now the winds had died. They'd stopped. He'd calmed the winds. So it was easy for them to go on to the other side. Or it could have been language of love. When Jesus comes into your situation, it doesn't seem that long until you get to the other side of it. There's something about his presence. And notice they did get to the other side. And that's important for some of you to know because some of you are thinking this morning, whatever I'm going through, I will not make it through it. But you will. When Jesus is invited into our situation, our storm, he sees that we make it through it, that we get to the other side. Now, I want to say some things about storms this morning. First thing is, storms are inevitable. They're going to come. I've had storms in my life. I will have storms in my life. You've had storms in your life. Some of you are undergoing storms even as I speak this morning. You see, we have to bear the idea that because we love God or know God and because we come to church every Sunday does not mean that we are immune from storms. We are not. In fact, it's just the opposite. Storms are not only inevitable, but storms are a designed part of your life. <laughs> you say, I don't I don't know if I wanted to hear that. God, you see, God uses storms in our lives in ways that, that he can't get other things done. And so storms then are essential to God's work in our lives. God wants to, to develop faith. God wants to demonstrate, straight his, <coughs> me, demonstrate his power. God wants to dispense his love. He wants to do all those things. And he uses storms to do it. You see, God has unlimited power. There's over in the, the Matthew passage in Matthew 8 where the, they have the storm and remember Jesus is asleep and, and they wake him up and they're about to perish and he calms the sea. It says, he replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. So that's what kind of God we have. A God who is in control of the winds and the waves. He's in control of the storms. But he uses those storms in his plan. Storms are essential in the plan of God. That's how we we develop our faith. That's how we grow strong in the Lord. That's how he shows us how much that he loves us. That's how he shows us his power. You see, God reveals himself in the depth of the storm. If God wants to do something wonderful in your life, he usually begins with a storm or with an impossibility. That's how he works. Because it is at those times that he has our full attention. Oh, storms do generate fear, that's natural. They're inevitable, they're essential to God's plan, but they do generate fear. We just, you know we 're going to have trouble we 're going to have problems, and we 're going to be afraid in those problems. The guy got stopped by the police and it, for not having a tail light, and he was really distraught distressed and the policeman said well, i mean he said settle down i mean it's it's not that big a deal it's a minor offense. The guy said that's not the point i don 't know where my trailer or wife is so we uh we not only have trouble, but sometimes the, it's, it's even worse than we think it is. And out of that storm, many times, we quickly turn religious. <laughs> you ever notice that? It's amazing how religious we get when the, when the storm comes. It's one of my favorite stories is this uh, kid in a little tiny town at one kind of a variety store, drug store, and he went in there to tell the druggist that he wanted three boxes of candy. He wanted a one-pound box and a three-pound box and a five-pound box, and he wanted all three boxes gift-wrapped. And so that was strange to the druggist, you know, and he said, it must be some real special occasion you'd get three boxes of candy gift-wrapped. And he said, well, it is. I got a date with this girl I've been wanting to date, and I'm going over to her house for, for supper. And he said, I'm going to... If, if she lets me hold her hand, I'm going to give her that one-pound box. If I... If I get to put my arm around her, she gets that three-pound box. If I get to kiss her and smooch with her, she gets the five-pound box candy. Well, he went on. And he got to that house that night, and, and uh, they sat down at the table, and he asked, could he say the blessing? Well, that sounded strange, but what do you do? You know, they said, sure. So he started praying, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. Finally, he said amen, and the girl turned to him, and she said, I didn't have any idea you were so religious. He said, I didn't have any idea your dad is a (laughs) druggist." So we become religious in a hurry when we get in that that kind of bind. Now I want to say some things about Jesus and your storm. Here's the first thing. Jesus has sovereign power over all storms. You need to know that. There'll never be a storm that overwhelms Jesus. Too powerful for Jesus to handle. He is absolutely sovereign. That's what the Word says. Even the winds obey Him. The winds and the waves obey Him. He speaks a word and suddenly there is calm. That's the way He works. In the story in Matthew... It's it's the only time that we read about Jesus being asleep. When we find Jesus asleep, what's going on? A storm. He is asleep while the storm is going on. The the disciples are scared to death. They, They think they're going to perish in this violent storm. Jesus is asleep. Because you see, he knows that the Father is Lord of the waves, Lord of the winds. And he could sleep through a storm. And so we need to understand that Jesus has power over all storms. And by the way, the greatest storm you'll ever face is your personal sin. And Jesus Christ dealt with that on the cross so that you can be forgiven, cleansed, saved. And if he can deal with that your greatest storm, he can deal with all the lesser storms. So he has power over all storms. Second thing. When you invite Jesus into your personal storm, he will deliver you from it or he will deliver you through it. One or the other. And can I give you a hint? Usually he delivers you through it rather than from it. You so say, why would he do that? Why does he zap me out of this thing? Because remember storms are essential in the plan of God for your life. And there are things that he he wants to do in your life that he cannot do unless you cooperate in that storm. He wants to develop you. He wants to strengthen your faith. He's never trying to burn you. He's always trying to bless you. But he's a lot more interested in your character than he is in your comfort or in your convenience. Understand that. So, when you invite Jesus into your personal storm, He will either change the storm or He will change you through the storm. You can count on that. He is a bridge over troubled water. The third thing every storm that Jesus allows in your life is purpose driven and gift-wrapped in love. Now that gives us assurance. That brings comfort. That every storm that comes into your life is allowed by God. And it has a purpose. It's purpose-driven. And it comes gift-wrapped in His love. You see, God is the only person who loves you unconditionally and that'll never change. He loves you with a perfect love. And it's during the storms that he's able to show you how much he really loves you. That means that whatever comes into your life, it comes with his permission and it comes gift-wrapped in his love. What that means for you is no matter what's happening in your life, you can say, I do know that He loves me. God's love need never be questioned. He loves you. And even though things are not going right now like you think they ought to go, one day when you look back, you will sense God's purpose and God's love in taking you through this storm. And remember when you invite Jesus into it, you do get through to the other side. We're not immune from them. He doesn't take them away from us. But he uses them in in our lives for his purpose. And they're always gift-wrapped in love. You see, what, what he wants us to do is he wants us to look up at him. The moment there is a difficulty, the moment there is a problem, the moment there is a storm, He wants us not to focus on the problem, the difficulty, or the storm. He wants us to focus on Him, to look at Him. And as we look at Him, then in that difficulty, in that storm, He will reveal Himself to us in ways that we could not know except through difficulty. Things we need to know about God that we will never know unless we walk through storms. I'll tell you something else. When we walk through those storms, it gives us an opportunity to trust Him. When we face those situations that we don't know how we're going to make it through, and we just depend upon God, God's power, God's love, what we're doing is we're, we're exercising our trust, our faith. We're saying, God, we trust you. I don't see how this is going to ever turn out any good. I don't see I'm going to make it through this, but I trust you that you're working in my life and you're working in this situation and that I'm not alone in this storm. You see, it's impossible for you to ever be alone. And he wants to use these difficulties to draw you closer to himself. One of the great Psalms is the 46th Psalm. It says, God is our refuge. He lets himself be known exceedingly in the moment of trouble. When trouble comes, the psalmist says, with the finality of an earthquake, with the fury of a storm, with the forces of a flood, with a falling of a mountain, when those catastrophes happen, when those storms come, God is a refuge for his people. Not only is he a refuge for his people, the psalmist says he is one who is available, one who is accessible, and one who is adequate. Now that'll get you through. Can you imagine anything much worse than an earthquake or a flood or the falling of a mountain? He's dealing with impossibilities. He's dealing with, with catastrophes that are beyond your ability to do anything with. If the mountain falls, what can you do about that except cry out to God? He's saying that in that moment, God is your refuge. And that he is available to you. He is accessible to you. He is adequate for you. You'll never ever face a storm that overwhelms your personal Heavenly Father. And He wants to see you through it. When they induct a a boy into manhood in certain Indian tribes, they go through a ritual, and and part of that experience is the boy is taken out into the, the woods, deep into the woods. And the father helps him set up the camp. And the only thing that he has is a, is a small knife. And he has to stay in the woods, deep in the woods all night with just that one little knife. The father gets the boy set up and the father leaves. And then they say that usually those little boys will, will get right in the middle of that little circle, the little camp, get right in the middle and they'll kind of just scrooge up. They'll kind of just fold themselves up and they, they just sit there or stand there and, and shiver in fear because it's dark and, and they hear all the noises. It's amazing how many noises you can hear in the, the deep of the woods. And they hear all those noises and, and that, that kid is afraid and all he has is a little knife and he's by himself and he's alone and it's dark and the noises of the animals are being heard and he's just shaking. And they say that many times he'll shake for hours and it may be two or three or four o'clock in the morning out of exhaustion, he just literally falls over asleep. When he wakes up the next morning, the sun wakes him up. When he opens his eyes and looks, the first thing he sees is his dad who is just outside the camp with a drawn bow. He's been there all night. And that's a great description of your heavenly Father, of the Lord Jesus. Regardless of how dark the night and how many noises you hear, how many things there are to frighten you, how much you shiver in fear, somewhere standing in the shadows, you'll find Jesus who is... Adequate for you. Who is available to you. A perfect heavenly father standing outside in the shadows. If somehow we can look to Jesus in those storms, we not only will make it through the storm, but God will use the storm for good in our life. Handling life storms. How do we do it? By inviting Jesus Christ into that storm. Thank you for listening to the Fred Lowry Podcast. Don't forget to connect with Dr. Fred by visiting fredlowry.com. And also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok.